Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. Hello there. So you've been having trouble with your bowel movements. Boy, do I got the medicine for you. Already off to a good start, bug. Awesome. That's all I got so far, too. That's that's what you came up with. That's how we're going to start it today. Yeah, why not? Start like a commercial. Advertise yourselves. Yeah, we got to have something to advertise. Yeah, ourselves. Okay, so then we would be like, well, you guys did it. You found Horror Vision. We're a podcast. Uh, John Hunter and Boog, who doesn't have a last name. It's just Boog. Uh, no, well, Boog is the last name. Dillip is the first name. All right, well, we're just, we're just doing Hey, we're just doing it. Episode three. We, we did it. We made it three episodes. Three, okay. three, three. <laughs> that's uh three longer than we uh ever thought we'd get to. So th- we're throwing a party. That's six shorter than I thought of. Not gonna lie. You thought we were gonna make it to nine? Yeah. Well, we might. <laughs> we already got. I already got everything worked out for the next. One. We're gonna have a little uh instead of having to wait a whole another week if you listen to this and somehow accidentally like it. We'll have another one out uh, just in time for your Thanksgiving Day commute. So, and we understand you don't purposely like it; you just accidentally like it. We're cool if you ironically like it, or you just like it because someone hates it. Like whatever, we'll take we'll take whatever we can get here. Yeah, we know the system. Right. We know how 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 beans are counted. Episode three, we got for you here. In the Tall Grass, um, Netflix movie, uh, adapted from a... I don't know if they did the screenplay, but they wrote the initial um, novella, which I, I'm terrible when it comes to like what categori- uh, categorizes those things, but it's less than a standard-sized novel, but it's still, to me, would be like a novel. It's like 200 pages, something like that. I don't know. Something like that. But it was uh, Stephen King and his son Joe Hill um, both jointly worked on that, which is weird to me, Bug. So, how do you co-write a story? Like, are they sitting in the same room and they take turns, like, typing it out? I like to think Stephen King still uses, like, an old-school typewriter also. So, like, they take turns. Are they both sitting in one chair and then, like, one's the left hand, one's the right hand? Or they take turns, or like one's coming up with it, or did Stephen King just write the whole story and then just felt bad for his kid and threw his name on there? No, this is this is how it's done. Okay. Okay. I know I know this for a fact because I went to a museum once. You went to and, a museum? Uh, I got educated. Whoa! All right. You, Whoa! You want to hear it? Yes. Tell me, please. So this 
this movie is 90 minutes long. All right. Cut that in half. What does that give you? 45 minutes. Okay. 45 minutes. Boom. Stephen King got 45 minutes in the beginning. Boom. Joe Hill got 45 minutes at the end. Okay, that will explain why I didn't necessarily like the second half of this movie. <laughs> at the same at the same time, it, I I haven't read the the book, but this is a little bit different from it. At the, well, at, at the same time, maybe it was Stephen King at the end because Stephen King's known for having bad, yeah, not the strongest of endings. That's true. All right, well, I guess we solved that mystery. Mystery solved. Would have got away come, with it if it wasn't for her, that book. Come get her. Come get her. Uh, next podcast. It's called Horror Detectives. You got a crime that needs solved in the horror category. I'll tell you what. Every episode. Every episode just book. Just I get closer and closer. To just editing your parts out. Just gone. Yeah, I know. But that's <laughs> that's why I stick around. I'm waiting for the one day it happens. Just gonna come. Just not gonna know. Just one day. One day I'm just gonna play it back. Nah, if I, be like, if I didn't have someone to talk to, book this would be stupid. I mean, it's probably still stupid. That's um, what you think. You, you but, want me to give my headset to my cat? <laughs> I like your cat a little bit better than you. That's actually that's not true. You know the truth. I like your old cat better. He was way cooler. I don't understand. This cat bites me too. <laughs> yeah, but that that other one like hated you when he bit you. This one, yeah, he's real playful. All right, let's get into it here. Um, so, basically, Netflix movie. And it's actually quality made. Um, recently, uh, these Netflix exclusives that they've been coming out for, they have almost as good production value as movies that are releasing in theaters. Um, this one was directed by Vincenzo Natale. Uh, he does have uh, a little bit of a horror background. If uh, you look, you look on his IMDb here, uh, not all the way back in '97. Which I don't even think you're alive for that one, Bug. I do remember well, this movie. What one. I don't know what month. It just says '97. He directed The Cube, um, as well as Cipher in '02 and Splice in '09. Which you might have seen Splice. That was the one wow. where the girls. Um, she was like made in a lab. She was like that, so she starts like evolving into this like creature that has like a tail and stuff. Ooh, the fifth element. No, not the fifth element. Which, mm-hmm. not to go off on a tangent, I do not like that movie. That, that that's going off on a tangent. We'll come. Yeah, back to that. yeah, that's something. That's for another time. Pff, I hate that movie. <laughs> I'm a big Bruce Willis guy, but yeah, not a fan. But anyway, it, so he does. It. He does have. A, he has like sporadic. Past horror slash horror sci-fi, which, as we get into this, this definitely has elements of that. So there's a lot of psychological, especially like in the cube. So, pretty, he he has a background. You could see coming from from what he's done in the past, some of that influence in the tall grass. Uh, he has done a few other things. He did um, most notably direct, I believe, six episodes of the Hannibal TV series, like based off the Silence of the Lambs. Like like that thing, and um, if you haven't seen that book, it actually was a phenomenal TV series. Definitely worth checking out. I think it might be on Hulu. Mm-hmm. 
So if you get a chance, definitely check that out. So he does have a horror background, so not necess- not that it's necessary if you're going to direct a, a horror movie, but it's always good to at least um, try a few things before you before you jump into it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, some other notables, your boy plays the uh, father in the movie of, of the young kid, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, oh my goodness. Which, I, I won't get into it at first, but... Yeah, we'll Dude, get into it now. He, oh, he he's a great actor. And I'm not saying that he did bad in this one, but... Um, he was the strongest part, I thought. So, I, we'll get into it later, but I actually had another character you wouldn't suspect was the strongest part for me. Um, all right. All right. So, hopping into the premise of this movie here. Um, basically, a brother and a sister, Becky, played by Lazla de Oliveria, and Cal, played by Avery Whited. Witted? I don't know. When are these people just going to have easy names? <laughs> oh, I don't even man. know if it's pronounced Lazla for Lazla. Lay, do you say the why? I don't know. Anyway, not not super important. Brother and sister, Becky and Cal. Uh, they're traveling to San Diego. Um, Becky, she's six months pregnant, and she's looking to give her baby up for adoption. Uh, they stop outside of this old church, um, and while they're there, they hear a young boy who goes by Tobin, a kid actor, played by... Bum, bum, bum... Willie Bu B U I E Jr. Uh, which first movie I've really seen him in. He um he has a good like scared kid look. Uh, he was covered in dirt ninety percent of the movie. That's you every day. Yeah, but that's by choice. You don't even work in a dirty job. <laughs> you're just, you're just dirty. <laughs> The place yeah. is just filled with dust. You're just a dirty, dirty guy, man. Who? It's not helping my popcorn long. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so um, so while they're parked there uh, outside the church, they hear the young boy calling from inside of the the field, the tall grass. Bump, bump, bump. That's the movie. Roll credits. Um, they hear him calling from inside. Help! 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 Um, and at the same time. They hear his mother, Natalie, played by Rachel Wilson. She actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Is that Patrick Wilson's wife? I'm clicking, I'm clicking on IMDb right now. She was the chick from Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Great movie. (laughs) And she's in Saw the Final Chapter. Yeah, she was, but does does it say who she's married? I'm looking. I'm looking. Personal details. It says she's sis. She's the sister actor of Callie Wilson. That doesn't help. Kaylee Callie. Her first movie was Jungle Round, followed by National Lapoon's Senior Trip, and then Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. She just played like a random person in that. But, yeah. yeah, she played Woody Harrelson fan. <laughs> she does have a she does have a famous looking face. But anyway, yeah. we'll get back into it. Not just to get distracted there, but I, I just that's hey, Wilson is a common last name though. But that would, that would be crazy. Um, 
but at the same time, so she's calling out, begging him, don't call, don't call for anyone. Um, so if at that point they didn't listen, the movie would just be over, which that would be kind of, <laughs> that would actually be kind of funny. They just drive away and the rest of the movies, them just driving to San Diego. Um, also it would be a little bit upset because it would be boring, but anyway, um, they do decide to enter the grass and they qu quickly get separated. Um, and so it, at this point it's daytime. Um, they're starting to get panicked though, cause they can't find their way. It didn't seem like they traveled too far into the grass, but they can't find their way back out and they start panicking. Um, and then night starts to fall and things start getting a little bit crazy there. Eventually, uh, the father of the child, um, uh, shows up played by they probably had this uh, mapped out a little bit easier you got distracted by the Wilson there the Wilson family. yeah Harrison Harrison Gilbertson who looks like a <laughs> dollar store version of Leonardo DiCaprio uh, but he, he plays the father of the unborn child of Becky's Becky's baby daddy, uh, Travis, who doesn't want her to put the kid up for adoption. Um, he reminded me of the guy who played uh, the kid who played uh, Han Solo in Solo. Kind of. Kind That's of. That's who he reminds me of. Just like a like a baby face. Baby face Han Solo. Yeah, I could kind of see that. I just saw a little bit of like Leonardo, younger like Leonardo DiCaprio in his face. Mm. Um, anyway, so he shows up, um, and then he enters the, the tall grass as well. Uh, eventually, um, uh, Becky meets up with Tobin's father, Ross, played by Patrick Wilson. Um, and then they get separated in the grass as well. Uh, basically they're going back and forth and they're trying to find their way out of this grass and they start to realize they might not be alone in there. Um, as well as there's, um, a few... Uh, not no spoilers yet, but a few weird occurrences go on where things aren't really as they seem. So that's that's where we'll go right now before we get into spoilers. So we'll let you know if, if you're not looking to have this spoiled, um, when to skip ahead. But basically just with that, that premise there and um, after seeing the movie, we'll, we'll do our pros and cons now. So we're going to mix it up a little bit if you listen to our past episodes. But this I feel like this format will... Will help a little bit better um with with not spoiling any of the movie um for anybody here but as far as i got on here um pros and cons my first pro i would say they did a good job making you feel like you were in the grass with them like they're the overhead shots when they're they're flying over the fields you really get a sense of how deep the grass goes in um as well as their framing with like the stocks and everything you it, not uh, kind of claustrophobic, not really claustrophobic, but you feel like you're in there. Like you could feel they're stepping through that muddy, uh, the kids all dirty, everything like that. Like you feel like you're in the grass with them. So I thought that they did a really good job immersing you in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was one of your uh, positives you took from this? Positive I took from this... Uh, I actually haven't thought of one, but I'll just go go on yours. I actually, really, that's actually a really good point. It actually, 
the film made it feel like you yourself were like in the grass too like you were captured by it there's no escape and you were able to you were able to see and feel the trickery that the that the actors were going through while mm-hmm. making this you know yeah that that's something and, uh, too and i know we t- touched on that our our last podcast when we were talking about dr sleep and the overlook like to to really build up that tension and, and get those good not like the cheap scares but like mm-hmm. that that sense of terror and dread uh, a mm-hmm. movie really has to immerse you in their premise there and i think that this did a really good job with that um in that aspect of it where you were in there with them um i do have some issues we'll get into in the spoilers later half of the movie where it kind of it, it might might drag on a little you're in there with them but they're also lost and wandering around and and that's something that might get a little bit boring to you as well. I guess I guess that would be under under my cons is the the last portion of the film, and then maybe it dragging on too long. Where, all right, we're walking around in the grass. That's that's not fun. Where are we going with this? So so that would be a little bit one of my cons as well. There. So what what else do you got? Um. Hmm. It was uh, I'll just I'll do a con. It was a little too trippy for me to follow at some points. Yeah, that's that's some of the issues I have with the ending. Some there, of it, I, I I'm usually pretty good with with figuring stuff out through the movie. Or if you're throwing me for a loop, I I can like logically work through that and like justify um, certain conclusions that they come to. But with the ending with this, for me, it didn't. It didn't add up, like like the way some of the things were able to play out. It, it didn't didn't make sense to me. But we'll get into that in the spoilers as well. Yeah, I mean, of course, it it, it it's you know written by Stephen King and Joe Hill, and I can't say much for Joe Hill. I've only read one of his books, but you know, Stephen King is a twisted mind. So the powers that that he displayed through this and through the film were just kind of like what the fuck's going on yeah they're like all over the place well that that's another thing while we're talking like that portion and the ending we that's calling back to our, our very first podcast that's um that's something where we're we both agreed on is those ambiguous endings like I get it it makes sense like artistically certain points and even in life like sometimes you don't get that closure but if you're gonna drag me through this movie well not drag me through like it, it immerses you in the beginning but like if it's gonna keep going on like I want to I want a good payoff and the ending was a little ambiguous to me so uh, I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest fan of that type of ending The ending, uh, I, so so to get to the point where it was, I liked the twist at the end, but I kind of saw it coming, like with, you know, I I won't spoil it yet, but just, just the sequence of things that happened and play out, um, it it was, it was something I kind of saw coming because they hinted on it earlier. So it, because of that, I kind of like deducted a point. I don't like if I can, if, if I can see where a movie's going 
like halfway through it or like a quarter into it. Well, especially a movie, especially a movie that's was was sold to you based upon like there's going to be twists and turns and the unexpected. Where if you figure it out early on, it kind of just ruins the whole point of it. Yeah, it diminishes it a little bit there. Yeah, so that that's really what I had an issue with mainly, or with the ending at least. Um, they had a nice scene at the end, which I'll go into more detail. Like I explained during our first podcast, I like a movie that has extended parts after like the ending or after like the... Yeah, it's called an epilogue book. Epilogue. <laughs> yeah, when they have an epilogue. I like that, and that this this film this film had one that I enjoyed it. Yeah. So another, I had a partly pro. But it was trippy. Yeah. But it was trippy as hell. Yeah. It, yeah. It was it was rough. <laughs> so I actually, right before I watched this one, I had watched a, a trippy movie, Mandy, the Nicolas Cage one, um, from mm-hmm. from uh, Elijah Wood's SpectraVision. Uh, if if you get a chance, watch that one. Like, I really want to like it, but then I'm not really sure. Like, so I expected it to be trippy and weird from the previews, but that movie was not what I anticipated at all. And I I, I did enjoy it, but it wasn't... I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as I I thought I was going to, but that movie was trippy. That movie was wild. And I, I don't know if it was just trippy for trippy's sake or... I it's I just I'd have to watch it again. I'm not really sure, but that maybe that's something that that we can review in the future there. But that that one that one will be a tough one because it's uh a little bit of a wild movie. But anyway, going back into this. Um so I had a one last one here that um was was it both teeter on my pros and cons. So the a- overall acting in that movie, I thought uh for the most part Everyone did a very solid job, um, and, then, and then what I hinted at before it was kind of a letdown to me because it seemed like there is some depth in the role, um, but it didn't. He didn't really let his acting like chops shine, and I don't know if that was on him or the direction he was getting. But Patrick Wilson as the dad, um, who pretty much plays kind of like the antagonist later on in the film. Um, he he not that he did a bad job but i just know seeing in him in other roles that he could have played like a more crazier type character like he could have done a better job and i'm not saying that it's his fault or the directors we weren't there on set we don't know but um at at some points it kind of did seem like patrick wilson was going through the motions um yeah i liked I mean, his acting. Wasn't That's what, I'm not saying it was like I, terrible. I just, it's just, it's just the fact that we've seen him in other roles, like The Conjuring or Insidious. Like we're we know he has that range and he can show that emotion. Where I, I, where I, you knew playing that role, like he could go more in depth, and 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 that's the part that's a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I would have liked if he instead of being, um, instead of being who he he played Ross Humble the father instead of being that i would have preferred that he played travis mckean the the baby so, daddy not, well not to be the baby daddy but just to be like be like that girl's father and have her 
baby daddy as the villain or the antagonist, you know? Like switch. Oh, so switch way. the switch the roles like in the story themselves. Yeah, so Harrison Gilbert can be Ross Humble or no, not not Ross Humble. He could just be No, they'd be the same character but their yeah, roles but, in the like thing. Yeah. I say I don't know if the story yeah. works as well, but I could see what you're saying there. I yeah, I think he I does play more of a sympathetic like he doesn't really do the bad guy thing. Which I, I think he could though. Like he has that look and you know he has the the acting capabilities. He he can express that, that range of emotion, but mm-hmm. um that that yeah. I mean that, that could that could have been something they done different. I just thought he was right for the role. It's just I wanted to see him open up a little bit more and go a little bit further there. Uh and then as far as the other acting, um the best the best character I think in the movie, and this is what I was saying, this might be a little bit twist. I think it's the tall grass itself. So if if you watch elaborate, yeah, please. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to explain this to you, book. So you gotta bear with me. You small words. <laughs> okay. I got nowhere to be until twelve thirty tomorrow. Okay. Uh, so basically, I don't get it. You dog. Right, you dog. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Let me get. Hey. Let me get on a roll here. So, if you watch it, the 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 grass itself, not only you're in it, but if you watch certain scenes, like when Travis uh, gets an argument with Ross, Patrick Wilson's character, and the grass, this I'm trying to do it without going to the spoilers, but the grass actually stops moving almost as if it's listening if it's part and once you once we get into spoilers you actually understand or if you already seen it you understand why that is um but the way things work the the overall the way the characters interact with with the tall grass itself it's it's almost like how in doctor sleep the overlook is a character in itself it's it's a mm-hmm. actually minor spoiler but it's it's a living breathing creature in and of, in and of itself so i i thought that they did a really good job making that a character in the movie and in actually it, it added to the film a lot itself if that makes sense it does at least i i think it does why don't you just elaborate a little bit more for viewers who have lower iq than mine, which is what? 72? That'll be none. Well, I mean, if we're getting real specific, IQ isn't an accurate um, metric to measure intelligence, but I digress. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do a little more detail. Uh, people who grind their, their mind... I, I, I can't. I don't have anything funny to say. I was oh. going to try to do something with like the gears turning in your head faster than mine. I yeah, know. I don't know where you're going with it. Um, so I'm going. I'm just going back into the cons. Yeah, yeah still, still with the the uh, the part of the acting. I thought that that kid he had the look, and but some of the the way that the kid, like I don't know, the the kid didn't do it for me. And this is something we talked about too in past ones kid actors 
hit or miss. It's tough. It's because they're still coming to their own. They're learning a lot. So you don't want to be hard on the kid. And that, that kid in the long run might turn out to be a, a great actor. And I'm not saying he did a terrible job, but he didn't completely sell it for me there. So that, that that's it. There's just minor things um, overall there. I don't know. Do you have any other pros or cons before we get into spoiler territory? Um, Patrick Wilson, good acting. I wish his roles were reversed though i think he could have had he had more potential he would have had more potential to be you know a more sympathetic character yeah absolutely if, if the roles were reversed for him and i will say i actually thought the the kid actor did pretty well i mean he was in that he was in that age range where like he he probably shit his pants every like two seconds. So like his expressions were. How old do you think people are when they still shit their pants, bug? I don't know. It happened for me up until like last week. So, <laughs> but he was probably like I don't know seven or eight. I think he might have been a little bit older than that. Like if you're if you're seven or eight, you lose your parents. Like if you lose your parents in a grocery store or store at all. Like you just freak out at that age. It's just how it was. Yeah, some people do, some people don't. There's there's time where he, yeah, come on. There's time where he had panic, and there's time where he was just like, what "The fuck's going on? What the fuck do I do?" You know, like. See, so I, I, I lost my did. parents in a store one time, and I was just pretty much. This is, I guess, this is just a spotlight of how my mind works. I was, it was maybe like for like five, ten minutes, but I already in my mind it's like, well, this is the rest of my life. Better get on living. <laughs> <laughs> Um, tapered's not real. Um, no, but I, I actually, I, I thought he was a good actor, and in to the point where, if he would have died in this, I would have been upset. Yeah, it, do you? I'm not I saying mean, he did. Like, I just, he just didn't do it for me. So overall, like, I don't have like none of the the acting overall is is solid. It's just. I saw potential for for better performances there, uh, specifically because we know Patrick Wilson's range and the kids. We don't know what his range is, but he's so young, still working on it. Just certain parts, he didn't like completely sell it for me. But overall, the acting was solid. It was a, a well put together film. So it's it's before we give a recommendation stuff later. Later, I'm I'm gonna say this. It was it's worth your time if if you're. Uh, I'll I'll wait till our recommendations, but it's it's worth your time. The only actor I had a problem with was the brother. Played he was Cal, played mm-hmm. by Avery Whited or White White Whited White, yeah. Avery, Avery yeah. Whitey, Whitey. I actually thought he was a horrible actor. I didn't think I so. Like, he was supposed to play like a goofier, like not comic real, but like almost like a like just from, a from, goofier person. From the get go, from the time that like like they got out of the car, I honest to God's like. If this guy doesn't die first, I'm gonna. I, I'm just. I'm just gonna shut it off. Like, <laughs> I, I really didn't like him as an actor. I thought he was. He was too bland. He was too boring. His emotion, you could tell, was just like it was either very exaggerated or he just didn't put any passion into it. So I. I. I that's my, my only actor that. Yeah. Issue okay. Well, yeah. thinking about like that too, that is a, another issue I did have with it. Like these people weren't as freaked out as you would think being in the situation that they were like once you realized you couldn't get out of the tall grass that something some strange powers that be are at hand you think they would be panicking like 
a lot of people like in um like a survival type situation they have different reactions some people jump in the action like the majority of people panic so bad that they just freeze up and mm-hmm. like that cow dude definitely came off as a person that that would would freeze up and and freak out and but they didn't play like that so that's that's something too where in this type of situation you'd think that that some of the characters might act a little bit differently. They weren't. They didn't seem like they were that panicked. I'll tell you what. I would have shit my pants. Well, yeah, you would do that anyway. There's. If I haven't gone within the last twenty four hours, yes. But <laughs> when I watch this movie, I went right before. There you go. That, hey, you're learning. Memories. <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, some spoiler action. Hit me with the spoiler books. Well, not hit me with it, but say spoiler so I can edit it. Spoilers. Now I have to edit that out. Thanks, man. Thanks for making more work for me. You just keep doing what you're doing. Spoilers. That wasn't bad. Yeah, thanks. All right, so spoilers. Uh, Where the spoilers really start picking up, I I think, is once... Travis, um, the uh, Becky's baby daddy, shows up looking for him. Uh, he goes into the grass. Um, when he goes into the grass, uh, it, it basically, um, in in short short time there, it's revealed that the the grass itself, there's they're in a time loop. So if think um, you ever seen like the Blair Witch Project. The, well, I guess the second one really... Well, it's not really a second, it's really a third one, but the one that's just called Blair Witch came out a couple years back. They had a similar situation where they were stuck in a, a time loop. And so that that's borderline sci-fi territory, but that's one of the big twists in this story. Uh, that's the reason they can't get out or, or, or they're encountering people or they're seeing people's dead bodies. Um, like, uh, at one point, um, the, the mother of Tobin, the little boy, Natalie, she says that she saw Becky's corpse earlier. Um, and, and that's because time in that time loop, everything's cyclical. So you're not really dead inside of the tall grass. It's just at different points of time. Um, and another twist is it turns out that, Tobin's family, the boy, Ross, the dad, Natalie, they actually entered the grass after Travis and after, because he went in after um, Becky and Cal. So it's all kind of out of order there. And, and that's one of the first big twists. The second real big twist is that the tall grass operates almost like a hive mind. Um, with this giant rock in the middle as its brain. Uh, we come to find out that uh, Ross, the, the father there, he actually has come in contact with the rock, touched it, and it actually, he becomes an, uh, an agent of the uh, tall grass itself. Um, and the, basically the way that it works, and you find out because you see other corpses and stuff like that, is that the... It was kind of clear, kind of not, but the the tall grass wants to assimilate as many people as possible, and you see that later on as well when the the grass face creatures are like coming out and attacking them and stuff. Which I I thought the uh, that I, I wanted to say that in the pros and cons, but 
that would be a spoilerish, but those grass monsters were kind of cool. I don't know what you think, but I, I kind of like the grass monsters. Um, yeah, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, nothing too crazy. It's like grass on their face, but I, I thought it's pretty cool. Um, the so the basically um, Ross then he tries to assimilate the group, um, and if you're not going to touch the rock, he he brutally like kills them. Um, and, and then this is where it gets kind of crazy. I guess a little bit backstory there too, getting off here, but the the church that he encountered before it may or may not have been like some group actually worshipped the tall grass like the stone in the middle so you don't really get a backstory where that comes from but that's like a Stephen King type thing um, I thought they said it was like so it's been like two three weeks since I've watched the movie I thought they said it was like a uh, I want to say like an Indian burial site or something or something wow, like that'd be real that would be real Stephen King but I, who who knows like how long that that rock's been there? Did it come from space? Who knows? But that's what's causing this whole thing. Um, and this is where the part where it gets doesn't really make sense to me. Um, like I get like where they're going with it, but uh, I don't understand how it works. So. The baby daddy, Travis, sacrifices himself by willingly touching the rock, and that's able to give um, Becky time to get out of the tall grass. But I guess where it didn't make sense to me, and and maybe, you know, yeah, she gets out. No, the kid gets out. Tobin. Well, yeah, so, I guess yeah. To, Tobin to, get Tobin gets out, and that allows them to break the cycle. So yeah, yeah, so he stops Becky and Cal before they even come in there. So yeah, you're right on that. Um, yeah, and, but I, I get what you're saying. You don't like how when Patrick Wilson touched the rock, it took him. Yeah. So so that that's the issue that that's the issue Travis I had. So the whole it. the whole point he was trying to force them to touch the rock after that working the, in the interest of the tall grass itself. Um, I, I was under the impression you touch the rock, you get assimilated and become part of the tall grass. Like it, it, it takes you over at that point. So why I, I I guess it was out of Travis's free will that he was able to touch it, but it, it just doesn't make sense. The laws that you're applying to this like magical rock i guess magical could be whatever you want but that just sounds seems like a plot device to me that by him touching that he was able to break the cycle give the neck give uh that necklace to tobin to give to becky before she comes in there and then by getting the necklace that closes the loop and and that somehow makes her decide that she wants to keep the baby and then they go home I don't know. That the ending just wasn't. I... The, the, the only thing that I can think of, and it's super cliche, maybe that's why they didn't explain it, was that Travis's love for Becky and the baby was overpowering the, the rock. The yeah. the rock. That, it's super cliche, but that's the only thing I can like. Come yeah, up with. and that's that's and... that that might be the only thing that makes sense, but then it kind of just even diminishes the story more it's it, the ending just didn't work for me is the best way i could put it 
I don't know, but what did, what did you think about the ending? Um, I'm kind of in the same boat because, like, like I said, I didn't get whether it was the love for you know his baby or whatever. Yeah, that's where I get. So it's not so much like when we like, reviewed Crawl and it was ambiguous, like were they going to get picked up by the the helicopter or not or stuff like where we're talking about the big the, the ambiguity ambiguity to me in the ending of this movie was that i don't understand why travis's yeah. touching the rock was any different than ross touching the rock why i didn't have the same effect like yeah, and that's the only explanation that him. seems reasonable is, is what you're saying is that um it was just super cliche love. Yeah, the and then at that point, it, it diminishes the overall story for me. So that's when I'm looking where this movie lost the most points in my score. It, it's it's the overall ending there, the almost like forced plot device. Now here's this for you: if if they were to make a sequel sequel of it, that's not been written by Stephen King or Joe Hill. If another family goes to the tall grass do you see travis trying to kill them or trying to repeat the cycle you know trying to just like well i don't know i don't know that you see him maybe but then that that just would make the ending of the original one make even less sense and i get the movie kind of like ends on him like dying peacefully in the grass but is he dead who knows yeah that's a that would be tough i don't think i'd really want to see a sequel to this movie if we're being honest i'm always i'm always honest with he's dead though yeah well he broke the he broke the loop though so i think that he completely destroyed it like that's there's there's so many questions that the ending raises here and it's not like interesting questions that keep you thinking like it's more like questions that you're like well that's kind of dumb or that doesn't make sense so i don't know the ending I don't say ruin the movie for me, but it definitely is where, in my rating, lost the most points. Wasn't a very strong suit, I'll tell you what. It, it needs work. Yeah. Alright, so I think it's time for us to go on to our recommendations and rating. Uh, I would say this movie would be best for... Um, someone. So, if you're you're a Netflix subscriber, which a lot of people are, um, hey, look at that. That's like 4.5 billion people. Yeah. Uh, one of the newer ones on there. Um, usually a little lighter. You got some downtime, holiday season here. Uh, this came out in October, but now you might be catching up post Halloween, things like that. It's on. You got some time. You want to throw something on? Um, I'd say go ahead. I definitely. I would still recommend it. Um, but if it had a stronger ending, I would say this is must see, but I think this is more for, uh, if you're like a Stephen King fan, it definitely has a real Stephen King feel. Um, or if you're a fan of like more psychological horror, there's, there's some, a little gruesome parts in there. Um, nothing too crazy if you're, uh, like a splatter hound or someone that, that likes a lot of the gorier things. Um, more psychological than than anything. I did think that the latter half of the movie did drag on a little bit. Um, there's a lot of just walking through grass. You can only do that for so long. So I think um, 
as far as the film itself, they cut it down maybe about 20 minutes and had a more coherent ending um, that followed basically their own logic. It would be a, a must-see movie, but at this point, I would say definitely check it out, um, especially if you're a Netflix subscriber. It's not costing you any more money. Um, you're not going to be upset after watching it. So I would I would say if, if you're that type of person, a horror fan who has Netflix, give it a watch. Um, not a waste of time. Might not like the ending. Maybe you will. Uh, it's all subjective, but but that would be my recommendation. Uh, and my personal rating would be 6.75 out of 10. How did you get a 0.7? Uh, it's because I make the rating scale and I can give it whatever I want. I said 6.75, right? Something. I don't it's know. Three, I just three quarters. Seven and my mind went blank. 6.75 out of 10. That's too much math for me. Just a quarter of a point. Three quarters of a point. Three quarters of a point, yeah. I gave it a six and three quarters out of ten, book. What did you give it? Oh. <laughs> uh, Do your recommendations first. I gave it a 16 30 seconds out of ten. <laughs> um, this is the point of the episode where I say, next time I see you, I'm going to punch you right in the fucking face. <laughs> yep, that's, that's tradition. Let me tell you how many times it's actually happened, folks. I actually never punch you in the face. I punched you in the ribs real hard that one time. Uh, which time? Multiple times. That's true. That's, it's that's all. A trick it's a time loop book. It's all just one time. Cyclical. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you get a touch a rock? <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's your recommendation on this? Uh, recommendations for people who watch it. Um, I'd say like a crowd of. Like if you're in friends and you're you're with friends and you're looking for a movie to watch like at the end of a night or something something just to throw on I recommend it it'd be a good movie. To I watch think if it's friends. if it's late in the night and you threw this on as the movie drug on it actually might put you to sleep. Yeah, well I'm not ta- I'm like talking I don't know. This like, might be a good Netflix and chill movie because you might be into it at the beginning but then when things start going on it kind of tails off you might be like oh, okay I didn't miss anything. <laughs> Yeah, you're just like, you just, you're just, how do I keep this PG? You're just like doing the nasty while some girl's head just explodes. Why would you, um, you don't have to keep a P, P, PG boogie. You can say whatever you want. See, I have a goal, <laughs> and that is for kids of all ages to listen to this podcast. Wow. I do not discriminate. That's good. <laughs> okay, so, um, but I'd say something like that, you know, something like a group of friends or someone. If you're looking for probably a super bad trip because you've had a really bad day, take some acid and watch this movie. Your mind will literally explode. It is so fucked up. See, I didn't think it was that trippy it was there was some out there concepts i've seen seen some trip even that that mandy one that i recently watched was more trippy but it's definitely gets more abstract at the end there yeah but can you imagine like like the the scene where they they think they're right next to each other they jump up to and they they see each other and they do it again 
to confirm it and they're like they just don't even see each other yeah, can you imagine fun. just being like super high and just like what's going on <laughs> like yeah just i guess in your mind like that's if you if you do like that i i bet you'd probably like i don't know you'd probably enjoy it it's trippy. I don't know how the effects are gonna affect each individually person, but fair enough. So what? Uh, what's your like what's I your rating? Like interesting. Rating. Rating. I'd probably. Uh, I'd give it a five out of ten. Five? Wow! I thought you'd give it higher. No, I give it a five out of ten. I mean, it did. It, it would it. Because I remember talking was, to you at right good, at right it, after you watched it, you were you were pretty high on it. Like yeah, but you, I had time to calm down, and think about yeah, it. Sometimes films, especially like that, with it, it does have that more abstract elements. The more you sit and think about it, you're like, uh, that doesn't really work for me. Yeah, like at first I thought it was good. You know, I mean, don't I? I still think it's good, but I thought it was better than how I think it was now. You know. Um, yeah. Alright, so that's it. Rating six, seven, five, and a five. Give it a watch. Um if you if you got the time to throw it on, I mean you you're not gonna be disappointed. Go in um not super high expectations and, and you won't be disappointed. Yeah, just just flip it on, see how it goes. You're not doing don't it. You're in. not doing don't, anything else. Come on. Don't yeah, don't go in with expectations like I don't know. <laughs> Go in. Just, 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 just shut up and turn it on. All right. Turn it. On. All right, Boog. You know what time it is. Oh, uh, it's time for the news. <laughs> it's time for the news. You did it. You knew something. Yeah, I got that written down here from last time. I got the order. Nice. John, talk. You find talk. You talk. Me talk. <laughs> you talk. News talk. It's not even the order. The thing is. Just talk, uh, whatever. You're, hey, you're trying though. I'll give you credit on that. So guess what? Tell me the news. It's the news. Yeah. Did you did you get? I know this is the best part about the news is that you actually found an article during the week already, and I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it was like two o'clock in the morning, and I was flipping through. Instead of last time, it. we're mid podcast, and all of a sudden you don't got anything. Oh. Uh-huh. So hey, it's the news, man. Read read me a news article. Um. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, you want me to go first? Or are you pulling you that up? A different one? Yeah, I got I got some here. Yeah, um, it is a different one. So I felt like you'd appreciate this one. So uh Hideo Kojima, um, most known for the Metal Gear series, recently released Death Stranding. Um he's been posting, he's been watching a lot of horror movies, and people think it might be in preparation for his next game. Um which I mean obviously it's still early to be getting excited about that. Uh, but if you remember that demo that he released a couple years back, the PT for the uh, Silent Hills game that he never got to make because uh, they had the big falling out um, with Konami and that whole deal. But um, that demo, w- to me, was... And I, I play a ton of horror games, but that was scarier than almost all of them. That just demo where you're walking down one of the most realistic-looking halls I've ever seen in a video game... Um, you 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 definitely played it before too, right? Yeah, I think I beat it with you. Yeah, I thought. Oh, was it you or Tyler? It was, I beat it, it was probably Tyler because I know I played it with your brother, and then um, 
I actually still have it saved on my PlayStation, but I, I the big one is uh, Lunchbox when he came over and he was screaming, <laughs> literally screaming because he didn't expect uh, that ghost chick to be popping out behind him. That was that was like so. I mean, it's definitely still like way early on, and it might just be a, a throwaway tweet. What he tweeted out was. Um, as to make the scariest horror game, I'll watch the scary movies in order to awaken my horror soul. The Eye is the Thai horror movie I rent when making PT, but was too scary to finish watching. The package is scary, so I rented the disc only. Will I be able to finish watching? Um, so obviously it might be a lot of uh, wishful thinking and everything like that, but if, if he's going to go all in on that, I I am so pumped for that. If, if he does make another horror game and and it can live up to that... that I mean, how long? You'd say like 30-minute demo. probably takes 30 minutes or so to get through that. Depends on if you know what you're doing. Yeah, if you know what you're doing. If not, you, you could be wandering for a while. But if you that, know what you're that doing, was it'll take you up to 30 minutes. such an immersive quality experience that if he, he goes all in and, and puts his extraordinary talents into a horror video game, he could potentially make the greatest horror video game of all time. And obviously, it's way early to be getting all psyched like that, but there is that potential there to, to get you all pumped up. So if, if oh. he is going to make another horror game, I will definitely pre-order that and be all over oh, hand, it. Hands down, because PT, in my opinion, is probably the freakiest, scariest, the most musically inclined video game I've ever experienced. Yeah, we, it, was, it was 30 minutes. Yeah, and we, I mean, we've played all kinds of horror games. I know, like, you were big on, like, Layers of Fear and Outlast. We played a lot of Outlast, um, mm-hmm. Amnesia, like any of those top horror games that 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 come out we've experienced but even then ranked against that pt still stands above that and it was just a demo it's a real shame that he wasn't able to make that silent hills game but if he now that he's out on his own he doesn't have constraints from the studio if if he goes all in he can make something very special so that's something i'm definitely excited for right there with you all right you ready for yours uh yeah. So this news uh, article that I found, uh, it was a couple days ago, written on uh, November twenty second. So what's today? I don't even know what today is. I no twenty fifth. Yeah, it's actually literally right in front of my eyes. <laughs> yeah, mine too. I just wasn't paying attention. But I found this article on Reddit. Thank you, Reddit. Um, it is. The director of Doctor Sleep, Mike Flanagan, is throwing his hat into the rink. That's literally what I wrote right here. The rink. Throwing his hat. The rink. Yeah, you know the yeah. say. You know the saying is "ring." Like throw your hat into the ring. The last field or anything I've ever been on was a rink. Okay. Hey, you still are defending sea level deck hockey champion. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Just go real slow so I can get the puck away from you. Um. So, like I said, he's throwing his hat into the ring, rink, whatever you want to say. He is about to pitch, or, or has pitched, a uh, a potential sequel for Nightmare on Elm Street, which I think that is absolutely bonkers. Because if he is able to, to input what he did in Doctor Sleep, it, it's potential to be a great film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, just look at Flanagan's recent... I mean, we talked about it last podcast, but his recent um, 
catalog of, of horror films that he's directed, he definitely um, is, is becoming a, a modern master of horror. And not saying that it would take someone of that quality to make a quality um, Nightmare on Elm Street film if, if you want something that truly stands out and re- gets the series back on track. Um, it, you, you wouldn't be in better hands than that at, at this point. He... I, we've talked a lot about it. That's that's the theme of this episode, potential, where the movie we just reviewed in the tall grass kind of lets you down because you could see the potential for greatness in there and doesn't quite achieve that. Um, but when in even the last article we just talked about the potential of, of making the greatest horror video game of all time, like that that's the potential is what the, gets the fans going, which gets the, the asses in the seats, as they say is if a guy of that that proven talent takes a beloved franchise and, and breathes life back into that with with unique ideas which in his film he's he's been able to show that he can take difficult like making the sequel to an all-time masterpiece um and making it his own with with new fresh ideas that you can't be in a better situation if he is at the helm of a new nightmare on elm street movie yeah absolutely the only uh the only other contender that I see so far is uh, Spectre Vision, which I actually never heard of it because uh, yeah. So it's I, I'm not sure it, what his friend's name, Elijah but and Daniel Daniel Noah. Yeah, so they they own the company. It's a, a production company. Yeah. Um, they do like smaller horror movies. They did that Mandy movie that uh, I was talking about before. Um, mm-hmm. Did a great job on that. Um, but they're a smaller up and coming. Uh, production studio but the things that they're put out are very quality and to make a good nightmare on elm street movie you don't necessarily need um this crazy big budget like yeah you could have crazy effects and stuff like that but almost the more intimate um like character study of a movie could still be a, a, a very good movie i'd be more excited if if flanagan got it um but it, it on it wouldn't be in the worst hands if, if they were able to produce one um, but I, I mean, yeah. if uh, that's the crazy point, it's been sh- the last Nightmare on Elm Street was that that terrible remake back in 2010. We haven't seen a movie coming up on a decade here, and likely won't. Obviously, if you get the rights, nothing's coming out before. <laughs> it's not gonna like get the rights, 20, and then you're gonna have a, yeah. And, and so it's gonna okay, be well, I'll review it. <laughs> well over a decade, so. Um, it's we we need especially in this day and age when hell the halloween reboot is is out there making setting records at the box office making gangbusters i don't even know if that's the saying that sounds cool though making gangbusters just making all the money like you got the friday the 13th franchise that's all tangled up in rights litigation and stuff like that there's that that needs sorted out but there there's no reason why there can't be another nightmare on elm street and you're just you're just missing opportunities here and the fans want it so give us what we want damn it i feel like we reviewed something where we said uh how we how we uh we talked about real briefly how disney's making live action films like no one no one wants it but they're gonna go see it yeah well that that's the thing so like, whether people want it or not, if you make something quality, it's going to find its audience. There's so no matter what, like 
the the scene I always look back on, like this was Henry Ford when when he came out and they started mass producing like automobiles and stuff like that. He said, if I gave the consumer what they wanted, they would just have more horses. Like so, if you're gonna make something new, you, yeah, you have to have it fully thought out and 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 everything like that. But at the same time, like there's there's something being said for if there's consumer demand. Give the people what they want. So, give us a fucking Nightmare on Elm Street movie, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I actually do have something to add to this story. So, I had a, another article pulled up here from Dread Central. Um, and it also came out because um, Wes Craven, who directed the first one, um, I know he wrote the story. I don't know if he directed the third one, Dream Warriors, but he was part of that as well as he did Wes Craven's A New Nightmare, which is a severely underrated movie. It's, like super meta he his obviously he's passed away but his estate uh recently got the rights back from new line um so that's who people are having the pitch meetings with and, and everything like that um but one of the little tidbits that came out from there is that besides taking pitches for a feature film there's also potential for the new streaming service hbo max to have a series on there so what would your thoughts be on a TV series. I'd, I'd like it. I, I feel like uh, I feel like that's the new thing. Yeah, I mean TV series based on. I think you could do that. So certain ones wouldn't wouldn't work because I know a few years back there they were in production on a um, Friday the Thirteenth TV series, and it, it's real tough to do a slasher TV series and and make it work out. Um, just logistics, like over a time frame, like with getting cops involved and people wouldn't be there. Like it's, it's, it would just be difficult to do, but I think Freddy Krueger is one of the characters that a series could work because there's a lot of, it's a dream killer. There's going to be a lot of disbelief where your parents aren't believing you. Authorities aren't believing you. Like, so it can continue to go on for an extended period of time. So there's potential there. So like, yeah. like anything, like we say, if it's done well, it's, it's worth checking out. Uh, but really? I definitely would like to see a new movie soon. The only thing that I can think of that people could get bored of, of a, with a Elm Street uh, TV series, TV show, is I feel like at the end of every season, um, they would have to, they they'd have to recast everyone except, of course, Freddy Krueger, and just have it set with a different set of kids. And mm -hmm. I feel like. That would be too repetitive to have. That, I guess that's another overall issue is it, it saw like they got a great character actor to replace Robert England as Freddy Krueger in the remake. But it, it, it just showed how difficult it would be to have someone else play Freddy Krueger. I'm not saying there aren't people out there, but if Robert England as Freddy Krueger is so iconic that he makes the character. It's not like Friday the 13th where it's a, a big guy behind a mask or Halloween, where another guy behind a mask, it's that they're both mute and quiet. Like, Freddy had such a per unique personality, and Robert England was Freddy Krueger. So that, that's that's another tough hurdle you jump over. But there, I'd like to see someone else give it a go, and they'd really just, it, it really comes down to just how you play out the story and, and if they have a unique, fresh look on it. But uh, there's, it's good to see that there is some buzz going on and some actual. Um, progress making 
being made on another Nightmare on Elm Street film. I'm just going to throw out a name here to play uh, Freddy Krueger. And I just kind of want to hear your opinion on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of skeptical because I think he may be too young. But how do you feel if Adam Driver played him? Uh, Kylo Ren? Yeah. I like. I actually like Adam Driver, but I think he's too. He's too young. Not even too young, because you, obviously you're gonna have like the makeup effects. But he's uh, his delivery is more cold, and I'm not saying like it's like emotionless or whatever, but like the way he talks is more cold. Where Freddy Krueger has like that menace in his voice. I think that's some of the issue with him being the main guy in Star Wars, like the main bad guy there, and like Force Awakens and and whatnot is that he doesn't have that menace. It's not like when the presence, like when Darth Vader's in the room and stuff like that. Like he just didn't... And that actually makes sense for the character because he's not really, like, in the long scheme of it, like that menacing. Like he's a conflicted person. But you, if you want someone, Freddy, that you want someone that, like, can joke and, and, but has that charisma, that 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 thing, that it factor, that when he's doing the delivery, uh, one I've seen thrown out a lot, and I, I think potentially it, it could be something with Kevin Bacon. Ooh. But there's Ooh, de there's like definitely that. actors out there you'd like to see take a crack at, but if if they're going to be serious about it, have a good, good well-fleshed-out story, um, and put the time and care that like Blumhouse did with Halloween to make sure that they're being true to what makes the the franchise the franchise um your best bets mike flanagan directing because he's shown that he understands the body of work that he takes on better than anybody else and that he's going to put in that extra care because he genuinely cares on on the product that he's putting out there mm -hmm. so if he gets that i think that's going to be the, the the right first step, and then the the key parts finding that actor that's going to give you that performance that you're looking for. Or another avenue that you could take a look at is going in a completely different direction, um, and and having a completely terrifying Freddy Krueger, someone that isn't this wisecracking, someone that's actually horrifying and menacing, and you can make a really scary movie like that. Um, it, that's just a, a really big risk to take because based upon the past franchise and, and that's something too that like I like the Nightmare on Elm Streets but it's not my favorite 80s horror franchise for the fact is if you look at the quality of the sequels really the only ones that stick out to me are um, the original one by far the best one because Freddy's actually not that big wisecracking like he has some things but he's more menacing in the dark scary um, the third one, which he starts to get a little bit comical with the quips and everything like that. And then New Nightmare, which he's actually technically not Freddy Krueger. It's like an actual demon that's a real meta horror, like takes place in the in the real world and everything like that. But it, it's the ones where Freddy is actually scary and not this comical where like in the Dream Warriors, Dream Child, as it goes on, it's just about him cracking jokes and almost being goofy is not scary so if you're going to go a different way than that you have to go all in and just make him completely terrifying which i would support that as well yeah we'll see what happens time will tell mm -hmm. that's all i gotta say about that
That's all I have to say about that. All right, Boogie, you know what that means. That's the news. The news has been delivered. And it has. All right, so wrapping it up, that was a pretty, uh, that was a tight episode, Boog. I We wow. kept the ums to a minimum. We were on track. I, I, I definitely like the, the way we're going there. So I just got to throw out some selfless plugs here real quick. Uh, give us a follow at HorrorVision on Twitter. Uh, it's literally just at H-O-R-R-O-R-V-I-S-I-O-N. Simple as that. Uh, it turns out, so last time I gave our email, I misspelled it, even though I was looking right at it. So if you want to get in touch with us, you want any suggestions, a uh, film you want to see reviewed, you want to send us something for whatever reason, you want Bugs' home address, email us at huntershorrorvision at gmail.com. H-U-N-T-E-R-S. H-O-R-R-O-R-V-I-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Last time I forgot to put the S in there. <laughs> um, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you found it somehow. Uh, it's on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, some somewhere else. YouTube. We got a YouTube channel, Hunter's Horror Vision. If you want to subscribe to that, we'll throw some other stuff up there. We got a blog, but... If you go to our our uh, Twitter page, you'll you'll see it on there. <laughs> Other than that, I I don't got anything else, man. I was yeah, uh, the only thing I want to add is if you um if you guys want to send us send us a tweet, send us something, add us. Uh, I'm curious if you want us to also review uh, video games, horror video games. I'd be down to do that. That's true. We could do that. I think that's definitely something we could throw up on uh YouTube as well. Yeah, we'll edit it. We'll edit us doing some gameplay, or we'll stream it out there and then then post it. But yeah, that's that's definitely something that'd be interesting to take a look. So just let us know. We're open to all comments, suggestions, anything. Uh, you ever want to give us a sh- want us to give you a shout out at the end of the episode? We'll do that too. We don't care. We'll yeah, promote anything. Yeah. You got anything? You got any type of uh, any type of like horror related thing, arts, crafts. Uh, movie you're producing, anything like that. You want us to give us a want us to give you a shout out? We'll do it. I mean, we're all about promoting horror here. We're huge, huge fans of the genre, and we just hey, we want to see everyone get out there and uh, appreciate that art. Hey, fuck it, we'll do it live. Fuck it, now we can never do this podcast live. If people yeah, knew the uh, things that you were saying that I had to delete out. <laughs> Book, yeah. book, he might seem tame. I try to edit it down, but man, that kid's a psycho. Yeah, 90, 90% of the things I say, it just it, it gets cut. That's so why it takes so long for me to put an episode out. Actually, it's pretty streamlined. This one will be out uh, tonight. Actually, now I guess I have to because they wouldn't know, but now they're going to know because uh, you said the date in this one. So thanks, book. Thanks for putting me on a deadline. Don't know, now you know. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you didn't say that in line of that song. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I was going to have to edit that out. I would yeah, actually leave it in there, dude. That would have been it for you. I, I was going to say, how does how do the viewers know you didn't just edit it out? They know. Well, now they know that we talked about it, but I could be lying. Bump, bump. Cut this part, too. That's a twist. It was a time just loop. <laughs> it was a cookbook. That's my favorite oh, episode man. of Twilight Zone. We should do Twilight Zone episodes sometime. I'm down for that. I love the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Oh, what, when's What's-His-Name's uh, new Twilight Zone comes out? Jordan Peele's? Yeah. The whole season has already been out. It wasn't good. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. 
Turned out it was not good. Yeah, All right, well, about it. let's wrap it up. Wrap, hey, double wrap that thing, Boog. That doesn't help. Friction causes it to expand, <laughs> therefore leading to pregnancy. We're done. We're done. <laughs> I read that somewhere. I, I swear. I swear. All right. Say what you're going to say, and let's, let's call it a day. Oh, um, um, I hope you guys learned something. If you didn't, just keep this in mind and hopefully you learn from this. Class equals ass. And Goodbye, I'm everybody. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> See you later. messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fox.